please take today as today and this moment as this moment and know that you are in control. No one else, no one else, not money, not your boss. It really is up to you. And when you start showing up for yourself, the universe, God, whatever you believe in, will show up for you. Welcome to The Madeline Show. Introducing Laying the Bricks, a new series here on The Madeline Show. I am bringing on female CEOs to pull back the veil of their businesses for your viewing pleasure. The marketing and advertising that you see from companies only shows the final shiny product, not necessarily the years of hard work it took to get there. So here on Laying the Bricks, we're showing you what it truly takes for a female entrepreneur to achieve sustainable success in life and business. Welcome to another episode of The Madeline Show. I am so excited to have Sam Vanderweelen here on the show. You guys, Sam is an attorney turned entrepreneur and one of my favorites to follow. Her podcast is one of my favorites to listen to because she drops serious value every single day online, like value that you would normally have to pay hundreds of dollars for. So you guys buckle up, get a notepad, get ready and listen in to this episode of The Madeline Show. Sam, how are you today? I'm so good, Madeline. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. I was like kind of fangirling when you said yes, that you would come on the show and like gave me your assistance book information to book you. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> Oh, I appreciate it. I'm just so excited. I'm very lucky to be able to be here. Yeah, I mean, this is a really cool algorithm free way for you to get new clients for me to share more about the people in my world and my own expertise. And so I just love podcasting. I love that it is your own thing in a sense that you own, right? Like even this video, like I could give to you to put on your podcast and we know people are going to listen. The algorithm can't block it. So how has it been going mm -hmm. with your podcast on your terms? Yeah, so I, I wish I would have joined the podcast game even earlier because I always had this feeling that I would really like it, but once I got into it, I liked it even more than I thought. I think from a business perspective, you know, I'll I'll definitely say it is easier to start a podcast once you have already established an audience who I then had this like big audience to say, hey, guys, I started a podcast and a bunch of people came over. But it's not as easy as one might think. And I feel like, you know, people are often like, oh, of course they could do that because they already had an audience. It was actually kind of interesting. It wasn't so automatic. Like there definitely were people who were kind of our like tried and true people who will like read and listen to everything we put out, which is like so kind and wonderful. And I love that. But also I found that a lot of people in our audience didn't like podcasts or a lot of people were already listening to podcasts that like, and also I think just even convincing people to come and listen to like a legal podcast, everyone assumed would be kind of boring, you know? 
So there was more legwork to it than I thought. And I saw slow and steady growth, I would say, for the first six to eight months. And then around the eight to nine month mark, it seemed like the podcast really took off and has now started growing at a, a pretty fast rate. So what are you doing to track those numbers? Yeah, so we have a KPI dashboard that's pretty pretty serious, pretty intense. Um, but on the back end of the business, there are a lot of numbers flying around. Um, so that's being tracked through like the the system that we use with our podcast production team so that we can see I mean, really to me, yes, I'm interested in downloads, but I think what's even more interested to me is uh, unique listeners because I always am thinking like, are we gaining new people as much as I want to retain the people who are already there and already listening? But I'm also trying to figure out, it's kind of something I've been thinking about from a marketing perspective uh, a lot lately, which is like not falling into the trap of constantly creating content for the people who are already hanging out there, but creating content that would draw in a person who hasn't been welcomed in yet. Mm -hmm. um, I don't mean appealing to people who, you know, you're like totally not their style. I mean, like the people who would find you if you were talking about some things that were different instead of like continuing to like regurgitate the same things that your current audience is listening to. Yeah, I, I see that in, in happening a bit in Instagram, like you would use your feed to attract new people and to kind of educate the new people that come into your world. And then you use the stories to engage with the people that are already there. So you guys listening, if you have a business, which you may or may not listening to this, but it's really important when you decide to do marketing, really think about the platforms that you're using and what you're using them for. Otherwise, you are throwing Play-Doh at the wall and hoping it sticks. I'm a huge fan of analyzing what I'm doing, having a purpose for what I'm doing. And it's mainly so that I don't waste my time because my time is precious. I am healing from neurological diseases, as you guys know already. And it is so important for me to literally use rest as a strategy, which means I have less hours in the day than most people as I'm building this business while I'm healing. And so when you're looking to incorporate something new into your strategy, or if you don't even use the word strategy, just into your business, I want you to give it a purpose, even energetically. Give it give it a job to do and then make sure that you don't ask it to do things outside of its job. Unless you're cool with just playing and you have like ample energy and time to just mess around online. Yeah, I'm very, uh, very strategic. So I always have like everything has a purpose. And I like you, Madeline, I'm like, I don't have time to mess around. Like I am making sure that we are, we are getting stuff done and everything has like its, uh, its place essentially. Mm -hmm. And it makes you feel safe too. I love talking about masculine and feminine energetics in business. And when we have that structure and strategy, this literally might be the third episode in a row I'm saying this, but whatever. So when you have that masculine structure and strategy, your feminine gets to relax and she gets to be the CEO that's not worried about things she doesn't need to be worried about. Because when you put the strategy in place, it's like a box. And then your feminine energy can come in and she can roar. Like she can totally crush it. But she needs to be held and know that her energy isn't going everywhere. And that's what strategy and KPI dashboard and analytics are for. It's to make the feminine feel safe and allow her to really lead on an energetic level in business. Yeah, exactly. I could see that. It's fun. I Yeah, I hang out in the quantum, but I also like get really real with numbers. So it's cool. Um, all right. So you guys should know how I know Sam. It's from Instagram. <laughs> Ta-da. <laughs> 
and I have been wanting to join her ultimate bundle program since literally since I started my business for years and I finally did that I've bought templates in the past so Sam has legal templates Um, it seems like you predominantly target coaches but I saw templates in there for like consultants and all sorts of different creatives in in business. And then she also has a training program in this ultimate bundle. And so if I'm not mistaken, you're selling kind of different things individually, but really you're pushing like one main product in your business. Um, And how how is that going for you, like focus-wise and numbers-wise? Yeah, so, well, I, like you, uh, had started this business and, and, like, had to figure something out because I had brain surgery, and so my energy was very limited as I was recovering from a neurological, you know, surgery. So I knew that I couldn't spread myself very thin in terms of selling a million different things. So I essentially sell two things. I sell contract templates a la carte. You can buy, like, any contract or website policy. And then I have the ultimate bundle, which packages 10 of those like essential legal templates with those trainings that you were talking about and really just focusing on essentially these two products or two categories of products allowed me to go deep with people and really continue to make these products the best that they can be. Um, I've had the ultimate bundle for over like four or five years uh, now, and there are thousands of people in it. It's been, it's definitely my number one seller. And it's the thing that I give like the most time and attention to. And so it's been really interesting. So I feel like a lot of people told me you couldn't build a business that way. You couldn't build a business on one product. I couldn't sell a legal product that was that expensive, any of those things. And it was like, well, it kind of worked out. Yeah. And you know, it's not too bad. I've called a lawyer multiple times for $500 yeah. an hour. Um, oh, wait a second. I met you in New York. Yep. I was going to say, oh, I thought I met you in New York. We met mm-hmm. in person. Yeah. Cause that just jogged my memory. Cause you referred me to a lawyer that, yes. Oh mm-hmm. man. Wow. Time flies. That was the weekend I got this tattoo (laughs) my my whole sleeve yeah oh man okay so that was Kiara's Bold Leap Live how did you find out about that workshop in New York uh I spoke at Kiara's uh I spoke at it so I spoke I did like a legal training for it and I did a legal training for Kiara for her um like for her actual course at that time. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay, I must have missed your talk, but I, yeah, I like now can see it clear as day meeting you in, in the back and chatting. Wow. Where was your yeah. business at then? This was like, what, 2018 or 19? Yeah, I was going to say maybe even 2018. Um, You mean like fin- financially, like size of the um, business at that time? Like had you gotten brain surgery yet? Were you focusing on just the ultimate bundle at that point? Yep. Yep, I had had I just had brain surgery and I was only selling same thing, same thing as I'm selling today is just legal templates and the ultimate bundle. Um, And I had started to get things in place, but was just selling them organically. So I was essentially like uh, sharing about things on social media. I was emailing my email list. I didn't have a podcast at the time or a YouTube channel or anything like that. And I, most importantly, did not have a funnel at that point. So I was just like selling straight to my products. So I was talking about my product all the time, creating a lot of educational content and letting Mm -hmm. people know about the product. But I didn't have anything to kind of like seamlessly send people through. I wasn't Mm -hmm. running Facebook ads. Yeah. And I didn't have the funnel. I didn't actually set up the funnel until my dad 
got sick. When my dad got cancer, mm-hmm. that was what actually pushed me to create a funnel because I realized I had to create a sales system in my business that wasn't reliant on me showing up all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk more about that process? People, it's so funny to see things online where people are like, I don't bring people through funnels. Like people aren't cows. I'm just like, you guys, a funnel, a funnel is just a, it's another form of marketing and just sales. A thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just so- a thing. And it doesn't have to be like bro I mean, that's everybody in our industry takes everything so black and white too. Like you can also do a funnel and do it your own way. I go against the grain every single day in my business where it's just like, yeah, I get that that's how people typically do this. That's not how I'm going to do it. And it works just fine. And like, and if it doesn't work, we adjust it. It's fine. So, um, you know, my, basically my idea was that I was doing all these, like what you were talking about, like all these, uh, kind of algorithmic, you know, pieces of content where I'm creating Mm -hmm. all this stuff on Instagram and elsewhere. And at that time, Facebook, not so much anymore, but at that time, uh, just creating like so much what I call toilet content. So content that as soon as you create it, essentially goes down the algorithm's yeah, toilet. Right? And Six so, minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So I was really sick of that cycle and I was teaching the same stuff. I mean, with what I do in particular, like the law hasn't changed in like hundreds of years. So I'm, I'm, yeah, yes, little things pop up here and there, but the bulk of what I'm teaching you is the same. So I thought like there has to be a better way that we can teach this kind of stuff, kind of the foundations, the brick by brick foundations that I tend to teach people of how to legally start an online business. Um, And in a way that supports my non-algorithm like bread and butter, which is my email list. And so this way I could create one training people would, and it would be free and people would sign up for it. When they sign up for it, I get their email address. They get this one hour free training in exchange. I'll offer them a discount on the ultimate bundle and they'll get a series of emails over a series of days, letting them know about that offer. And that's it. I'm not like threatening them. You're not doing all this different stuff. They can get out of it whenever they want. And if they choose not to buy, that's totally fine with me too. And I think that's like another part that's really important to keep in mind as an entrepreneur is that like some of what you hear about and see are also people who are so obsessed with the sale and they kind of forget about the people and the process. So I'm okay. I'm totally okay. If people never buy, I'm okay. If people buy six months or years from now, like in your case, right, where people do hang around and they read my emails and they now listen to the podcast, that's totally fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm an example of that, right? I've been wanting to work with you, I guess, since 2018. And then I definitely took your webinar and didn't sign up for the bundle. And then like years later, bought templates and then months later signed up for the bundle. And you didn't force me. You didn't coerce me. I don't even think I read any of your emails. I just, um, I get so much value from you. So I knew I would get more. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's really how we wanted to work. I wish people took more of a long-term approach to their businesses. Um, but there's such an emphasis on this kind of like quick hit and getting people in and out. And I think that's where funnels get a bad rap. There's a lot of urgency, a lot of scarcity. Mm -hmm. And we Mm -hmm. do have some of them in the sense that your discount expires and all this kind of stuff. But I think people also know that there are other opportunities like if and when they're ready. Yeah, well, you run at least one sale a year, I've noticed. And so is that, yeah? We just started that. So actually, uh, 2021 was the first time I had ever done a live promotion. So I basically, when my dad got sick, I set up this funnel that ran all the time. So people, it was evergreen. And so people could come into it at any time. And then essentially they went down their own unique path of like a 10 day sale. So if you signed up today, 
you had 10 days. If your friend signed up a week from now, they have a week from that 10 days. So, or the 10 days from that time. And so it, last year was really the first time that I decided to play with it because I was just curious and curiosity is my favorite word. So I was like, well, I'm just curious to see how this goes where I take the same exact webinar, the same exact funnel, but I just run it live and I run it to my entire email list and we kind of promote it on social media and let's just see what happens. And it was huge. It was the biggest one we ever had. So did you re you did it, the training live? So you used the same slideshow presentation, but you were on live. The or exact no? same one. Ah. It, nothing changed at all except that I was there live, and so people could ask questions at the end. Um, oh. But it was live. We had over four thousand people sign up for the first one. Wow. Um, it was a multi six figure launch in terms of purchases, and uh, it was really really fascinating. I think I held three live. Uh, the webinar like live three times in 24 hours. It was a lot. I since oh, stopped geez. doing three. Now I only do two, which is still a lot, but I won't yeah. do three again. Um, and so I learned a lot, but I was just kind of, that's why I was kind of curious to be like, let's just play with this and see how it goes. I do think live elements add something different to your business. So I think it's, it's a good idea to kind of play with this, uh, back and forth where some people appreciate that. And for every person I had write to me and be like, oh, now that you're offering it live, now I want to come see your training. Mm. I also had people who were pissed off that they wanted to be able to pick the time that they watched it and they didn't appreciate being told like they have to be there at one o'clock Eastern or something like that. So my evergreen training works really well for them. So it's just, everybody is different. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm always trying to think of like, um, catering to different learning styles, different schedules, accommodation, everything. Yes. Yeah. I have a, a whole survey that I make people take before they get on a call with me. It's my way to make sure it's, what is it called? Like, it's like a barrier of entry. And on oh, there, yeah. yeah, on on there, I ask, you know, what what is your learning style? Because everyone is different, and I think that that speaks a lot, actually, to people only running their business on Instagram and then wondering, like, why am I not making as many sales as all these other people? It's like, well, yeah, not everyone is on that app. Not everyone on that app wants to spend money. Not everyone on that app wants to learn. Some people just want to be entertained. But those same people that want to be entertained on that app want to learn from their email or they want to go watch a pre-recorded training or sign up for a live training. Yeah, I can't tell you how many of our current customers are like really dedicated uh, listeners of the podcast. And that wasn't my original intention with creating, you know, the podcast because I'm like, well, they have this product already, but they really love it. But it's so funny, like just this morning, a bundle member had written to me and I, I don't know if you got this email yet, but I had asked bundle members like, hey, I have this idea for a content topic, which is essentially that every time you learn something, you don't need to turn around and teach it to your audience, which is something I think is really important for us all to learn. And I said, would you rather me do this, you know, as a podcast or in some other format? Mm-hmm. And it's just so funny. You get these like very impassioned responses back. Like, I hate podcasts. I love podcasts. The only way I would listen to it is a podcast. The only way I'd listen to it is if it's in written form, you know, and everybody is just really different. And so I'm lucky at this point that I have the resources to be able to create content in many different forms, or we can take a podcast and we turn it into a blog post and we have transcripts for everything and all of this so that people can consume it in different ways. Yeah, I did. I did see that. I, I haven't opened any transcripts yet in the Ultimate Bundle, um, but I noticed that in Riverside, this platform I'm recording in does download everything as a transcript in case 
you know, one day I have an intern or someone, an employee that wants to go and create a bunch of blog posts or me, it's but very it probably helpful. won't be me. <laughs> yeah, it's very helpful, but it takes a lot of time. So I waited until I could have someone do that because there was just no way I could keep up with that on, on my own. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about the ultimate bundle or more about the ultimate bundle. So it's not something that you're going live in. There's no group calls. Um, And so let me know and let the audience know what sort of like updates are you giving to the bundle? Because I did notice that it is not the same product that you've had for years. Like it seems to be constantly getting updates. Yes, it is constantly updated. So, I mean, I keep it refreshed. Um, I mean, I keep, I think there are two different things. I keep adding to it and I also keep refreshing it. So I've added additional trainings as new things have come up in online business. Um, like for example, I remember, I think during like maybe 2020, 2021, we went through this period of like a lot of people in our community experiencing refund requests. And so I did this little training on like, when is it actually a good idea to give somebody a refund? Because it's not always about just holding your line and saying no refunds. Mm -hmm. So I'm adding things like that as things are time relevant. There have also been, you know, there've been, um, legal changes like the introduction of the GDPR in 2018, Um, so that that started controlling the way we send email and collecting personal information. So that was really important. I added trainings on that, but I also am always learning and thinking of like, oh, okay, that's a, that's a thing now that we should add to this contract template. So I update it. Um, and so I keep all of that updated and then all of my ultimate bundle members always get a, like a monthly newsletter that's just for bundle members so that they hear about the updates and can see where they can find all of that stuff. We also keep adding new resources like we we added a searchable index recently. We have like a bundle member directory in there. You can apply to be like member of the week. There's like all kinds of stuff going on. Oh, I forgot about that directory. I cannot wait to get in there. I love yeah, yeah, you got to fill it out. Yeah, add <laughs> Definitely. Your yeah, I want to connect with people. Um, that's the point of this podcast. And I think that's the point of life. Like business, I was thinking about this driving this morning, like business really is built one person at a time and each each transaction each sale is an energetic exchange between two people like I truly believe money is energy it's not good it's not bad it's neutral and it allows us to do stuff it can give us power it can feed us Um, it can also do a lot of harm like it's literally just energy and so when you have these energetic exchanges between people whether or not you're in business you've noticed this you are able to connect with them and that is the coolest part about business is every single connection yeah there's so many ways to connect with both i mean your customers with your audience that before they become customers Mm -hmm. like meeting other people in the industry i mean personally i don't like uh like i don't i don't consume any like content or anything from anybody who does what i do because it keeps me in like a really good headspace and it keeps me really original i think but i love hanging out with people in what i call shoulder industries who can like who have very similar styles of products or they service like the same kinds of customers and so we can collaborate both from a business perspective but really also just from like a venting perspective or bouncing ideas off of people of like hey this is what's going on what do you think um i find that's like a really good balance in like keeping your head clean and also having somebody mm-hmm. who can and relate and understand what's going on hey there how are you enjoying the show I've got a quick message to share with you from our sponsor, and then I'll be right back. Are you an entrepreneur that does things differently? (laughs) 
just like me. Maybe your business is untraditional or non-conventional. Your work uniquely you. Maybe you even see a little bit of you in me. The way you create and sell is going to look differently within the many seasons of your life as you grow. Developing balanced masculine and feminine energies in your brand allows for inevitable change over the years. The transitions happen flawlessly. Learn the strategy behind Go With The Flow and create the systems that allow you to live your dream life now because success isn't a thing you get, it's a feeling you can have today. Sign up for Build The Biz, my signature business course, teaching you the energetics of entrepreneurship at themadelineshow.com. Oh, I love that you said that, that you don't um, consume content from people doing the same thing as you. I had to make that switch this last year in my business. I thought it was, I thought I was following all of these people to learn from them. But what I realized, I'm a projector in human design and just like very like empathetic and I kind of absorb things from other people. Yeah. And sometimes like, I don't know if it was my idea or if it's like my ego saying, oh, it worked for her. So you should also have a high ticket mastermind. Mm hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that people I, have good intentions when they start out by following other people or trying to be in those circles. I mean, sometimes sometimes people follow other people to like contact their followers or whatever. But there there are like some tactics. But, you know, beyond that, I think most people have pretty they start out with good intentions. But what I see happen so often is what happened with you, which is where it gets into people's head and it causes this moment of hesitation um, if not you even accidentally going forward and actually creating something that's super similar to that person. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually, I dedicated my very first podcast episode of my podcast on your terms to this, um, that I, you know, kind of came out with a, a bang and a controversial statement saying that I think community over competition as it's been presented to us is BS because in my opinion, this has been used to kind of like shame people into saying you should be really supportive and happy for and excited for all the people in your space. And the way for you to do that is by following them and consuming their content and like shouting Mm. them out. And I'm like, no, in my opinion, those things are not mutually exclusive. Like I can be happy for and wish the best for people who do what I do. But to me, the coolest thing is like, I don't even know who those people are because I don't consume it. So I have no ill will against them, but I also am not like their best friend because I just don't want to see it. And it never, you know, causes me to have that moment where I have to say, is this my idea or is this so-and-so's idea? Because Mm -hmm. I don't even know what they're up to or what they're doing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, seriously, you don't. We don't know what other people are doing. We just see what we see from behind the screen. And that actually is like a really great segue into this whole laying the bricks concept that I'm rolling with here with female CEOs talking about what is going on behind the screen. Like, yes, we know you have the ultimate bundle. We know you're updating it. Um, everyone found out that you had brain surgery, your dad had cancer, and you're just, you have all these things going on in life. And also that you've been, you've had a multi six figure launch, like you're seeing success in your business. So what bricks are you laying now to pave the path for future success? I mean, there's, you've got to have something else you desire or want, or, or maybe not. You tell me. Yeah. I think that, you know, this year, well, this year has been interesting both from like a personal and professional like perspective because earlier in the year my dad passed away. And so when my dad passed away, I kind of 
had all these big hopes and dreams and I had plans for a new product and there were all of these things that were going on and that all just came to a screeching halt. Um, you know, the beautiful thing about the kind of business that I built was that, well, first of all, I had built a, a multi seven figure business at this point that could sustain itself very well. It had enough in reserves that it could, it was okay for a long time. But also because of this funnel that I had set up, it had six figures coming in every month, even without me doing anything. So that was that was very like I was fortunate that I had had that set up. But all of this like new stuff and exciting stuff completely got like washed away. Um, and so that was really interesting because it's, this has been the first time in my in my business owner life from like the past six years where yeah, I said to a friend the other day, it's like there's still this ambitious woman stuck inside of me who like is always wanting to go for something bigger and see something like see what I can try and experiment and be the like ever entrepreneur because I love that and I love I love doing what I do. But I have never been so squashed and diminished as I have since my dad, you know, passed away. And so it's like these two parts of me are inside fighting where I'm like, I want to get out there and do all this stuff. And this other part, which is bigger and louder, is like, but you can't. It's just not possible right now. Um, mm -hmm. So it's been very interesting because I think that a lot of people think once you build a seven-figure business, let alone like multi-seven figures at this point, that... Um, it just keeps going, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I don't think something that some people realize is that you hit a ceiling if you don't hire as well. So that's been like a really interesting, it's like a team building moment for me where I've been hiring full-time employees and getting out of just having contractors. And when you do that, there is a period of adjustment and having to start paying people really good salaries and I offer really good benefits. And like, it's like a big full-fledged business at this point. So it's been like a year of kind of building that brick by brick foundation again of a different kind of business than what I started with, um, mm. as well as I feel like almost picking up all the bricks that have been like, you know, exploded in my in my personal life. Wow. Yeah. And was this this heavier than than brain surgery for your like creativity in your business? awful yeah it's been yeah. honestly absolutely awful it's it's uh, i think with my brain surgery i was in a lot of physical pain but i still had i still really had this like desire to work on stuff and to to think about something else to do something else to get back up and like moving again i think that was like a big motivation that i had this thought that i would be back to normal like if i just started you know getting up and moving but with losing my dad, it's just like you, the permanency of it is just like, there's no, it's never getting any better. I mean, the grief and the feelings might get somewhat better, but like the situation of not having him is never going to get better. Mm -hmm. And so it's created just a different, I don't know, a different feeling this time around. And it's also, I think that it just really changes you for <laughs> Hudson has come to say hi, my Bernadoodle. Um, I think it really changes you permanently as a person. I just, I feel like there's no, like no going back. I was in therapy the other day and I was saying to my therapist that, um, that I often am saying that like people, it's bothering me that people will say to me, so are you better yet? Like, are you back to normal yet? You feel like you're back to normal. And I was like, why is this bothering me so much? And she explained to me, which I thought was so wise that the reason it's bothering me is because there is no going back. I'm never going to be the person I was before my dad passed away. This has permanently changed me, my perspective, the, the lens essentially I have on life. Um, and so I hope that it will feel better over time. Right? I'm still very early on in like the grief process, but 
It's never going back. It's never changing. I'll get rid yeah. of him for a second. Oh, no, you Buggy. keep him. He's sad, too. Do you want to come sit on my lap? Come here. No, you have to leave. Is he big? Is he He's like a mini Bernadoodle? He is a mini Bernadoodle. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. my friend has you one of those. Oh, my gosh. Him. No worries at all. I love dogs. He's adorable. Okay. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He never oh. says anything while I'm on podcast. He leaves me alone. Yeah. He's talking. That's okay. Yeah. He loves my dad, so he might have heard me. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, and animals are energetic creatures, and we all are. And so how many times can I say energetic in a podcast episode? <laughs> yet. Um, no, but really, my dog's back there. Where is he? Oh. Yeah, you can't really see him. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, he, um, something's up with his back. Uh, we had to take him to a neurologist, like, when I was living in Alaska. Oh. We, yeah, we had to leave Alaska to find a dog neurologist. Oh. It's, like, part of the reason we left Alaska is because I needed a human neurologist. Um, but we flew him back here, um, for his little appointment. And I think he, like, herniated a disc or something. And so... Oh. I didn't get the MRI or anything. They're like, we don't normally do that kind of testing with dogs unless like it can't walk because what's it going to show us? Like it'd be kind of a waste of your money unless yeah, you, you just wanted the peace of mind. So he's having a day right now. So it's just a just a dog a day. flare up. Yeah. I poor think guy. so. He keeps hiding. He keeps like going under things and like shaking and hiding. And I guess they shake when they're in pain. Oh, so we do like so turmeric and glucosamine, I think it's called, and CBD and like that's what we're doing for him to heal. And so back to to you, you're like relearning. You're you're kind of, you're introduced to a new you in a way. Like how how is that relationship going? How how is getting to know the new, the new you going? Yeah, I I feel like I'm still so early in it and I'm trying to figure that out. I mean, one thing that's uh I think you have to be really careful of when you love what you do is that it's easy to pour yourself back into work as a like a means of distraction. So, I think the place that I'm at right now is where I see I want to work all the time and then I feel like, you know, I'm sad but I'm okay. But then the moment that I do slow down, it hits me like a ton of bricks. Um, and so it's it's been like this really interesting thing to, to try to not go. Like, I don't love to drink or do anything else, thank goodness. But <laughs> like work is kind of that, that vice. And so I'm trying to figure out, you know, I think because it is so painful to see like who who are you now this like big piece of your life is gone it's a very that's it feels like a very overwhelming thing to tackle mm. oh gosh overwhelm can just level you too overwhelm takes yeah. your brain you put these blinders on well first the blinders are off and then you have to put the blinders on because you see too much and you don't have the energy to do it all and you almost get into this like ADHD mode where you can't do it all and you just shut down and yeah overwhelm is oh, it's been so intense for me so how how do you yeah. deal with that while running a business I mean you still work yes very much a lot <laughs> too much too much probably but I I have um hired a team uh over the past so I hired my first employee this year actually earlier this year um coincidentally right before my dad passed away um and so she had just gotten like hit the ground running and then this happened but thank goodness uh for for my team because they were able to keep some things running behind the scenes you know the best we could 
Um, so I've been really practicing leaning on them and trusting in their support um, because I'm somebody who doesn't like to, you know, completely hand everything over and trust that everyone's going to do a great job. But they have been doing a great job and they're all really good at what they do. So I think like learning to accept support. I'm also just learning to be okay with the fact that I'm not myself. Like I went to get my hair done the other day and I was like the the stylist was like very chatty and wanted to chat about everything and I was just not in the mood. Like normally I would be really chatty, love to talk to everybody, it doesn't bother me. I didn't feel like talking, right? And I'm just like, oh, she probably thought I was such a jerk and I was so rude. And I'm like, you know, if she did, that's okay. Like I'll take that for right now because I have to. Um, I have to take it if like friends don't think I'm super supportive or if people think I'm not as like patient and understanding. I just feel like it's like the most epic level of self-compassion that I've ever seen and had to had to like contend Mm -hmm. with. Did you get to a point where you realized that you had to give yourself this compassion? Because I, I just in overachievers, entrepreneurs, success driven people, we tend to beat ourselves up for a certain period of time until we realize if you're even at that point yet that you do have to love yourself and give yourself compassion like did you have a breaking point or anything that made you just hug yourself for months yeah I feel like um my because my dad was sick my dad had cancer and I was his caregiver and I really had that period of like struggling with giving myself permission and and compassion during that period like when friends wouldn't show up for me, I would be like, oh, well, it's probably hard for them to show up for me. My dad's had cancer now for so long and I would give everybody excuses. I didn't want to ask anybody for help. But I feel like when he passed away, it was just like a bomb had been dropped that broke me so badly that there was no way to not. I felt too weak and broken, like to your point, that people like me maybe some of you can relate is like we're used to just keep going and going and going and picking yourself up all the time and like soldiering on and this is like soldier down war cannot continue just like completely flatlined i've i've never if i if i was listening to this and haven't experienced like a a loss of that magnitude i'd be like this sounds so crazy but after you experience it and unfortunately if any of you have you you know what i'm talking about it's just like is i i wouldn't have understood it until i went through it it's it's wild yeah yeah well i wish you all the self-love and all the new self-care that you get to pamper yourself with i might not feel like pampering i might feel like okay i literally have to do this just to hit baseline yeah exactly it's more like I have to eat today I have to take walks I have to drink water yeah Mm -hmm. yeah have you ever experimented with um, like sensory deprivation float tanks or red light therapy you know I haven't I've always wanted to go I see um float tanks we we like relocated to New York last year and now where we live there are all these like float tank places around here and I keep saying that I really want to go yeah do it. I'm going at five today. I have an unlimited That's membership cool. to one. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, it helps heal neurological stuff. I mean, it supposedly heals you at the cellular level. And then you also get to float in a thousand pounds of medical grade salt, which is great for your body. Yeah, you can't pass that up. Yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds cool. There's also a salt cave here that I really want to go to. Oh. Yeah. Oh, we had one of those in Alaska. Really? Yeah, I never went because if I was going to go in a salt cave, I was like, I might as well just go play in the mountains. But (laughs) that's true. But maybe there's one here. I forgot about salt caves because I'm in Mm -hmm. Michigan now. 
Yeah, there probably there has to be somewhere. Yeah. Oh, well, wow. So I love that. Well, that was I, that was a great answer to my question of laying the bricks. <laughs> um, you're picking up the exploded pieces of the bricks. That's beautiful. And it's real and it's raw. And whether or not you run a business and something tragic happens, it's so important for you to take time for you. It might seem like, oh, well, it's a luxury. Like Sam had money and the ability to do that and it's like well I have to keep going to work like you know I can't I can't just take care of myself and I I would love for you to reframe that in your brain if that's at all what you're thinking is that you don't have the ability to take care of yourself that is actually your number one job I think now finally mental health is becoming more of a popular topic and just mainstream and even more more than that, like psychiatric service dogs are a thing, like all of it. And your mental health will crush you. Your physical health, what I've noticed is you can get by for a long time. And when I was a professional ski mountaineer, I literally would max, I, I couldn't even max my body out actually. I maxed my mind out before my body. My body was like a machine. It could keep going. And we see that in society. People literally just go, 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 go until they're so old that they have finally retired, but they're so sick that, or they don't have the, the community. They don't, they didn't live their life. And now they're at this point where it's time for them to do all the things they want to do and they don't have the energy or the resources to do so. So please take today as today and this moment as this moment and know that you are in control. No one else no one else, not money, not your boss. It really is up to you. And when you start showing up for yourself, the universe, God, whatever you believe in, will show up for you. It will support you. It wants you to be happy and healthy because then you get to have the hand of God move through you and help other people. You are no use to other people if you are not full. If your cup is not full, you cannot help other people. I know that sounds kind of harsh, but it's just true. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good point. And, you know, I think, I, like you said, I could understand someone looking at my situation now and thinking that I was only able to do it because of where, you know, the business has gotten to at this point. But when I had brain surgery, business was nothing. I think I had made like a few hundred dollars at that point. And uh, in, in my opinion, like no matter whether you were making a lot or not making a lot or you had a lot of other life stresses, it actually came down to pruning uh, your life. I, I saw like it really helpful to just get rid of stuff you really didn't have to do, letting go, you know, giving yourself permission of these things, like maybe not being the best friend in the world right now. Or um, I remember telling a friend that I was like trying to focus on like getting back in shape and like and starting this like crazy workout routine. And she's like, do you really think in your life right now you have like the spaciousness and the energy to do that? No, it doesn't. It's not a good time for that, you know, so you can do those kinds of things, too. Why don't you start now? Oh. Can you hear me? Mm hmm. Yep. No, that's so weird. It started blinking on the, the mic, but uh, mm -hmm. He'll, he'll stop in one second. Someone's just coming to the door. <laughs> All right, I'll drink my tea. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Take your tea break. My oh, boyfriend edit, edits these, so. Oh, good, good. <laughs> I would not have been able to start this without his help. I, yeah. Jeez. Oh, that's, I'm just going to tell my husband to come get him. Uh, okay. Does there your you husband go. work from home or uh, does your husband work Usually from home or for you? 
No, not for me, but he usually works from home because he's, he's a professor, so he just goes in to teach classes, and then he basically, like, does research all the time, so he's at home, um, and he had a meeting really quick at the university and then ran back, so this little guy always goes crazy and <laughs> barks at him from the window. <laughs> oh my gosh, I always wanted to be a professor for a while, that was my, my fallback plan when I was first getting into business, I, I was selling art at the beginning, that was Oh yeah, I remember that. Business, mm-hmm. yeah when we met I was selling art um but I was curious about the whole life coaching world because I wasn't just selling art I had created a community of artists and I was traveling around doing pop-up art events in different cities yeah working with different galleries and so really I was like mentoring all of these artists and I was like okay well these coaches like I wanted to see this like how they were managing people basically um that's when I started learning about zoom and masterminds and all these different ways Mm -hmm. that you can educate people and then I realized this isn't just for like life coaches this is for any industry that wants to have influence any person that wants to have influence in an industry um which equals impact which equals dollars all the things um, so that's that's been a really cool journey for for me throughout. I think I'm on LLC number five because I've opened that's in. So cool. Yeah, I've opened and closed a few. Uh, well, I've op- I've closed all of them except for my current one here in Michigan. Because um, when I went to a new state, I would just open a new yeah, LLC. Sorry. Yeah, because I had Aspen Art Collective, Aspen Art Tours, yeah. Aspen Art Curation. It's like I'm not going to run those from Alaska. I also didn't want to do that anymore. It was kind of like a little bit of a golden prison effect. I had built this business up that was actually doing really well and I had paying customers and I was traveling yeah. all over and I just realized that's not what I what I wanted in life and that was a really big really big moment um because I closed the business down with that mindset of okay well this isn't what I want to do anymore so I'll do something else but then after closing the business down I somehow got it in my head that like I failed and I closed the business because I was I was a failure like I couldn't I couldn't do it and Mm. that was just a really interesting moment and I don't know have you have you had experienced with anything like that with your customers and clients yeah, well, even with my own business, because when I first left the law, I started a different kind of business. Mm. I started a health coaching business, and I, I saw like a path to trying to make it work, but it wasn't, it wasn't really working. Let alone wasn't really fitting. Like it wasn't it just felt like it was still a missing puzzle piece that I couldn't figure out. Um, mm. And I felt like a failure because I felt like I just left the law. I left this career to go do this, and I put so much pressure on this working out and then when that thing didn't work out I was like oh I failed again I have to pivot yet again and that's when I started the legal business and the legal business was very different it felt different from the start it also then had different like success I think probably not unrelated to to that feeling of like feeling like it was the right fit um but yeah I remember very much feeling like that as well yeah oh man I forgot about your health coaching business yeah um so what was the what was the moment where you realized like oh I should be doing this other thing and this other thing actually feels good it was actually when I didn't stop getting like like uh, emails and inquiries from people asking me all these legal questions even though that's not what I was advertising so at the time I was advertising these like health coaching services trying to teach people how to cook and stuff like this because that's what I really like to do in my free time and so I thought okay that's what I'm going to help other people but people just kept writing to me about this stuff and they seemed so much more interested in 
that than what I was trying to do. I also, my grandfather always, my grandfather was really into cars and he had this like great saying about cars that he always said, you shouldn't have a car where you see yourself coming and going. That's what he always used to say. Cause like he wanted people to be so unique and so different. And so he hated when people would get a car that was like just the same exact, you know, carbon copy of like everyone else's car. And I remember thinking when I started the health coaching business, like I just see myself coming and going all over the place because everybody had like the same business and they were doing it the same way, using the same language, offering the same exact programs, the same exact way, same, that person offered a mastermind, everyone else offered a mastermind, you know, it was the same thing. And so I just found like, you can tell a lot about whether or not you have the energy and the desire to like, really go above and beyond to create something. And in the health sphere, like I was like, mm, I thought like I had an idea of kind of how I could make it work, which I thought was to be more unique in the cooking aspect than what other people were doing. But I didn't want to do the things that were necessary in order to make that happen. I didn't want to record myself cooking everything. I didn't want to set up, you know, cameras in my kitchen and, and record all these meals. I just wanted to cook for fun by myself because um, that's what I like doing. And so <laughs> I I thought that kind of told me a lot because like now I would like build a mountain, you know, to, to be able to make whatever I feel like happen in this business because I care about it. Um but that was really the dead giveaway. It was like kind of seeing myself coming and going and not feeling like I had the desire to do the things I'd have to do in order to make myself stand out. Mm. So you wanted to be an entrepreneur. You wanted to enjoy your time. And you're like, oh, yes. I like doing these things. So I'm going to do it this way. Um, I'm going to start a health coaching program. Uh, did you have that? Just back it up even more. Did you have that sort of realization while you were still an attorney or after you left the law? When I was still an attorney is when I decided to become a health coach. So it actually started out that I thought that I was so miserable. It's, it's really funny, kind of the evolution. Like when I was an attorney, I hated my job. I was a corporate attorney working crazy hours. And I was like, I need something outside of being a lawyer that I can put some creative energy into. So I started a food blog called Barrister's Beat. And I took horrible pictures of, of very plain looking food. And I put up, you know, these recipes on my site. And it was just for fun. I mean, it wasn't like a, a money thing. It was just for fun. And like, I remember my secretary read it at the firm and I still remember it to this day when some random person left a comment on one of my recipes and I like screamed and Colleen came running in and I was like, someone left a comment who I don't know. <laughs> and so I was so excited. And, um, that was kind of what then exposed me kind of like you to this world where I was like, wait, there are like coaches out there and they're like meeting people on zoom and they're doing this and they're doing that. And I, I just, um, started to fall into this world world and, and started to absorb of like what was going on here. And I think that's when I first became exposed to this idea that you could go out and get like a health coach certification. At that point, it was still for fun. I was like, well, I love health. I love food stuff, wellness stuff. So I would just be curious to learn more about it. So I signed up for this um, coaching program. And through that, I was like, I think this is what I'll do in the side, like while I'm still practicing law. Then that became a business, and then I continued to work as an attorney um, for a while once I decided to like go for it, and then took six months to work part-time as an attorney 
while I was seeing coaching clients on the side so that I really gave myself time to like save up, um, to stop spending so much, to sell stuff. I was like selling stuff I had in my basement. Um, I was doing like little jobs for people on the side, just kind of like stashing and slowing down spending for a long time so that I could uh, afford to start my own business. Yeah. Were you spending like a lawyer? You buying? Yeah, because <laughs> I was trying things. to make myself uh, happy. So I thought, well, like, um, yeah, one of the worst mistakes I ever made, I mean, not financially, it was okay at the time, luckily, but like, I went out and bought this, like, again, my grandfather, he really like instilled this love for cars in me. So I went out and bought like the coolest Mercedes you could buy at the time. And I was like, it had every bell and whistle. And it made me so happy because like, I was just like, this is so cool. And, you know, I was happy when I was driving it around on the weekends, but I would drive it to work during the week and then I would eat my lunch in the car so I could get out of the office and I would cry in my fancy car. And I thought, isn't this funny? Like this stupid job, I use the money to buy this car thinking it would make me happy. And what I actually do is sit here at lunch and cry inside of it so that I can get away wow. from work. And that was not, that's not me. Like there was, I was so out of alignment with like who I really am as a person I really don't actually care that much about the material stuff. Um, and I didn't have like a life at the time outside of work. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. Yeah. I bought so much stuff when I was, when I owned that art business, <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> all the things, oh, all the things to the point where I was like, I better not make a bunch of money doing this. Cause I will blow it all on like designer handbags. And that's when yeah. I knew like, okay, you're filling a void. So let's really figure out what's going on here um oh I love that we're talking about this yeah it's it's important um money can fix money problems but it cannot fix the problems that money cannot solve yeah the life problems yeah I mean it can solve it can solve a lot but not everything and I really realized that when I was in Aspen and you know I saw people that didn't have money problems anymore but they had more problems than me for sure Um, there's a lot of problems money can't solve. And so just in general, like if you think that you need this one thing and then everything will be okay, no, just, just actually just look back on your past. Like has, has it ever worked out for you? Have you ever got the one thing you needed and then been okay? Like in mountaineering, some ex-professional athlete climbing those mountains, um, it's really easy to get summit fever, but (laughs) literally when you get to the top of the mountain, and you should be proud of yourself and happy, right? You got to the summit, so it should make you happy. But you look out and you see all the other peaks. You're in that Mercedes and then you see someone in a uh, Rolls Royce. Or mm-hmm. you're at the top of the mountain. Uh, you're at the top of Rainier. And then way off in the distance, you see someone on a higher mountain, which actually isn't possible, I guess. Yeah. It's like the highest insight. But uh, you're in at the top of Mount Hood. Yeah. Yeah. You're at the top of Mount Washington and you see Mount Jefferson or whatever. Um, <laughs> there's this awesome book called The Second Mountain. I can't remember who wrote it, um, but I love it. And it's about how, I mean, maybe your business right now, Sam, and where you're at is your second mountain, right? Your first mountain was the legal world. And then you had to come down the valley. And then in that valley of change is where well, actually, I guess you grew your health business while you were still on that, maybe while you were on the down slope of that mm-hmm. first mountain. And of course, there's going to be things that happen even with your second mountain journey. But the the author was talking about how a lot of people, you know, the valley will maybe be the midlife crisis or coming down the summit will be the midlife crisis. And then the next mountain is actually like entrepreneur, not entrepreneurship, could be. Um, but I was actually thinking like f- something philanthropic 
something philanthropic. Um, yeah. A lot of business people, like Wall Street people, um, that have this sort of like awakening, spiritual awakening, which I love seeing in older, older, older people who have been retired from like the finance world when they have this spiritual awakening. Mm. And like we can kind of relate and like experience that together is so cool because I've had it at a young age and hopefully I have more. Um, but you have this the second mountain now. So it's like, okay, what am I going to do with this time? I, I get to I get to grow and be this new person. Like I truly believe that people people change like at the at the core and it can happen for a variety of reasons. Um, and so you guys listening, I want you to kind of think about like, are you on your first mountain or do you have summit fever? Have you already been to the top and have you seen everything else that there is to climb and kind of felt small after you just achieved something amazing? Or are you on your second mountain? Like notice where you're at in life and just take note, just observe. You don't have to do any action. You just, I just want you to notice where you're at in life. And that is a step of self-care is just acknowledging where you're at and being in the present because it really does open up your eyes to solutions to problems you didn't even know you had. Yeah. Yeah, that's really true. That's a really good, I like uh, that analogy and that's something to give some thought to for sure. Yeah, it's a great book. Um, I will have to link that in the show notes here. And Sam, anything that you would like to throw my way links wise? I mean, I've got your website, so that'll actually I have my affiliate link. So my affiliate yes, link please to, your, use that. to your program will be in the show notes. I love that. Um, and is there any sort of, I mean, so sorry, I'm just like blah, 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 rambling. Um, is there anything that you want to leave the audience with or any sort of like little nugget of information? Because my audience is p- your potential clients for sure. Yeah. So I would say I'm like a shoulder industry. I mean, I'm also for your sure. student. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, well, I would say that if you're looking to kind of like learn what steps you need to take to legally protect your business without all of the overwhelm and the heavy expense that it normally takes to legally protect your business, I would definitely recommend um, watching my free legal training, Five Steps to Legally Protect and Grow Your Online Business. We'll make sure that you have that link um, below. And then also, to since you love podcasts, obviously, come over and listen to my podcast on your terms. Um, I drop a new episode every single Monday with legal tips for your online business. I also have episodes dedicated to the, more of the marketing side of online business because um, I love both equally but I would love to see you over there. And in terms of social, I'm most active on Instagram. You can come and say hi at Sam Vanderreelen on Instagram. Yeah. All right. We will have all of those links in the show notes for you guys. Sam, thank you so much for coming on the show and being vulnerable and talking about all of this stuff. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. All right, guys. Till next time. Hey, loyal listener, please rate and review this podcast. Your feedback is needed and you matter. It would be an honor if you shared this with a friend. Send this episode to whoever pops into your mind first. It's like a little exercise on intuition. And trust that that insight is the hand of God working through you to make someone else's life better today. Visit themadelineshow.com to stay up to date on my free trainings and different offerings, including self-paced online programs that activate your mind and enhance your life. Who knows, maybe you'll find something today that completely changes your tomorrow.